Good morning, ABC Church. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us today. My name's Megan, and I have some opportunities I want to share with you about some ways that you can plug into some groups here at ABC. With the fall upon us, we are launching some new groups, and we would love for you to get involved. There are all kinds of groups. We've got some short-term topical groups um, covering things like um, finances and marriage. We've got some women's groups men's groups, grief share, divorce care. Um, we would just love for you to plug in and get involved, find a space and a place here at ABC. You can call the church office to get more information. There's also a lot of that information on our website. So um, take a look, give us a call. We'd love to have you. Uh, just around the corner, specifically for women's ministry, I want to let you know that we have some Bible studies starting uh, as soon as next week. So next Wednesday, September 8th, we've got a study in the evening starting. And then the following week, we've got a Tuesday study, both in the morning and the evening, and a Thursday study. So a lot of opportunities for you. Uh, reach out to me if you have any questions. You can email me. You can find that info on our website or give the church office a call, and we would love to have you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great Sunday. Well, good morning. Welcome to ABC. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we jump into the sermon, I want to share a few things. One is a week or so ago, we uh, made a call for help with this um, Saving Our Allies Coalition that uh, we've been partnering with through our relationship with Mighty Oaks. And uh, if you caught that message and you're aware of what that's about, um, then you've likely heard some of these updates before. If not, though, uh, what they're trying to do over in Afghanistan is provide a way out of the country for those that are trying to get out, uh, both U.S. citizens, some of the translators and people that had a relationship with uh, the United States um, that really are at risk, as well as some Christian uh, pastors and leaders there um, trying to get them out of the country. And so uh, we made a call a week or so ago and asked for help, uh, knowing that there was some financial needs that they were gonna come up against. And I am so thrilled to be able to share with you um, that as a church, because of your generosity and your sacrifice, um, we raised uh, nearly $65,000, just over $64,000 to be able to contribute to the Saving Our Allies um, Coalition. And uh, we're giving that money directly to Mighty Oaks that um, is gonna take that money right to the field. It's um, being used for the cost of some of the cargo planes that they had to use and the fuel and the transportation costs. And now um, with the people in a refugee camp in a third party country, undisclosed, um, they're providing medical care. They're helping to process um, visas through the State Department. Um, they're providing food, food and clothing um, for these refugees. Uh, and, and through our efforts, through their efforts and our partnership, um, they were able to evacuate 8,900 people um, along with partnering with uh, others' uh, efforts to get people out and assist with 3,000 additional um, refugees that were able to get out of the country. So right around 12,000 people uh, were able to get out of Afghanistan uh, through this effort. And the next step now is to care for these people, to love these people, to help them process through paperwork and all the, um, the things that are gonna have to be in place for them to be able to land in a 
another country, and many of them will be here in the United States. And we hope and pray that through the relationship that these guys are building with these people, they'll be able to go through the Mighty Oaks programs and hear the gospel in a very clear and compelling way. And so through our partnership, um, through the finances that you have uh, so generously and graciously given, uh, we're trusting and believing that there will be gospel fruit uh, for so many of these people that have uh, fled Afghanistan. So please continue to pray. Um, these are very tenuous situations. Um, in some cases, there's family units that have been separated, which is heartbreaking. Um, and we just trust that God's going to continue to allow for us as a church and through our partnering organizations to respond to any and every need as they come. And so I want to say thank you, ABC. Um, that's a tremendous investment, um, amazing response. And I'm so pleased uh, by our church to see how you've responded. And uh, we're going to continue hoping and praying for gospel fruit as a result of that. Also want to mention that next week, uh, we're going to jump into a brand new teaching series uh, through the book of Titus, this letter that was written from Paul uh, to his true child in the faith. He calls him Titus, and uh, we're really excited. Jake is going to uh, kick us off with an introduction to that book next Sunday. Um, this week's a little different. We're going to spend a minute uh, together just asking the question, who are we as a church and where are we headed? And I want to spend some time in scripture just asking what we're supposed to do as a church and how God has called us to be a meaningful part of the church. And so today's just a little different. In order to get there, I want to take a quick look back and, and a little inventory on how we got where we are today as a church. Uh, our church is uh, about 85 years old, and there's a lot of history that leads up to this point in time. So in 1936, there was a small group of believers uh, that decided they wanted to have a Bible-based church that was focused on God's word, um, that would study and learn and preach God's word, that would be focused on evangelism. And so this small group of families, including people like George Davis and Ralph Cook, and Sadie Ewalt, they purchased this property that we're on here in Atascadero, purchased it back from the bank. It was in foreclosure. And they established the Church of the Living Word. And uh, they established that church on the, the conviction that God's word would guide and direct his church. And so from there forward, they began preaching the word. Um, several different pastors and leaders came and went there in the uh, late 30s, early 40s. And eventually in the 40s, there was a pastor by the name of Ralph Isbell that came to ABC continuing to preach God's word. In fact, he had such a conviction about God's word and the people of God being equipped in God's word that in 1955, he retired from uh, what was now or then a Tascadero Memorial Church, and uh, he founded the Ewalt Memorial Bible School, which actually is still in existence today. It's changed names a couple times, and it's moved to Southern California, but um, founded a Bible school on the conviction that people needed to know and study God's Word. And uh, in the 60s, this church, Atascadero Memorial Church, um, honestly, it sort of drifted a little in their theological understanding, hyper-focusing in on the New Testament epistles and um, dismissing part of Scripture. And there were some seasons of change and transition, which ultimately led to, in 1970, Pastor E.B. Claude being called as the pastor, moving here from Newberry Springs, bringing his family out. And E.B. was so committed to evangelism, so committed to God's Word and the teaching of God's Word, that three short years later, he had a conversation with the elders about the name of the church. And he said this famous line we've, we've mentioned many times. E.B. said, who died? 
why is this called the memorial church? Memorial to what or to who? He said, the only person that I'm aware of that died is Jesus. And he actually rose again. He's still not dead. So they renamed it 1973 Atascadero Bible Church, driving a stake in the ground on God's word and saying, this will be a church founded and centered and moving forward on the word of God. And then, of course, Pastor Tom Farrell joined the team in 1984 as EB's associate pastor. Three short years after that, in 1987, uh, Tom was made co-senior pastor with EB, and they shared the load and the weight of shepherding this congregation, still preaching together God's word. Um, in 1994, Pastor EB Claude passed away, and the church had uh, had been on a growth trajectory during that season. Um, they were working on a new building campaign, and Pastor Tom led our church through four building projects to accommodate the growth. And by the early 2000s, this was a church of well over 1,500 people. God was moving at ABC because of the commitment to his word. He continued to grow our church through uh, multiple um, seasons of transition. But uh, one thing became clear in that season was that uh, we were to focus on student ministries and children's ministries to reach the next generation of leaders in our community and leaders in the church. And here we are in 2021. Last weekend, we celebrated uh, Pastor Tom's retirement, the, the conclusion of his 37-year tenure here as our senior pastor. And I can honestly say that if it weren't for a task at a Bible church, I would not be a lead pastor of a church. I, I feel called to be a pastor, but not the pastor of just any church. God has deeply uh, and uniquely called me and suited me to pastor at Atascadero Bible Church. And I love this church. I'm burdened for our community. I want to see change in our community. I want to see this North County area transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to continue to do that through the word of God, by the work of the spirit. So for better or worse, ABC, you're stuck with me. So here I am, and uh, the reason I'm here, the reason, honestly, you all are here 85 years after our inception isn't necessarily because there was godly and faithful men leading the church, although that's, a, that's true and that's important. The reason we're here is because Jesus Christ himself has been our shepherd for those 85 years. And every pastor and every leader, every missionary, every custodian, every Sunday school teacher, every Bible study leader, every, uh, every bit of God's church, every corner and pocket of our community has been led, directed, and guided by our true shepherd, Jesus Christ. It's always been about Jesus. It's always been about his word. And it's always been about fulfilling his mission and his great commission. The church was started on the foundation of God's word. He would speak through his spirit and work through his people. And as we move forward, it will be centered on God's word, moving through the work of the Spirit and the work of God's people in his church. The best days of ABC are ahead. Not because we're brighter or bigger or any more suited for ministry than anyone was in the past. The reason the best days are ahead for us is because we stand, this community stands closer to seeing the fulfillment of the Great Commission and being in the presence of our shepherd and King Jesus Christ than any other generation before us. And so yes, in fact, the best is yet to come for a task at our Bible church. And I'm so thrilled and excited to see where God leads us. I wanna walk us through a passage of scripture today that I, I hope will help you see your place in the church. 
I hope it'll help you understand our leadership dynamic in the church and what we're called to do and where we're going to go as we move forward together. So in Ephesians chapter 4, would you turn there with me if you've got your Bibles? I want to read this passage and then we'll walk through it. Chapter 4 verse 11 says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. That line in verse 12 stands out to me. Ephesians chapter 4 says, to equip the saints of the work of ministry for building up of the body of Christ. I like the way that the New International Version translates this. They say, prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Prepare God's people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. This passage uh, starts with a, a list of spiritual roles, of gifted roles. And I think at times we can read this as uh, similarly to the 1 Corinthians description of all the different gifts within the church and the one body, many parts. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But I don't think the intention here of Paul was to list a role for everyone in the church in this very short list he provides in verse 11. I think he's describing church leaders. And I think it's important that we make that distinction as we start to ask, what's the role of church leadership versus the role of our congregation in our church? First, he says, some are apostles and prophets in verse 11. Now, I think uh, we can sometimes take these two terms, apostles and prophets, and apply them to modern day roles. And in fact, there's some evidence of that in scripture, but I think we ought to be careful in looking too deeply at what an apostle or a prophet is in our modern day context versus what Paul intended as contemporary descriptions of people that were doing ministry alongside of Paul. You see, there was people there with him during that time in the church, working in the church, that actually had been with Jesus, that actually gave an eyewitness account of the work and ministry of Jesus. And there were modern day prophets, or present day, I should say, prophets to Paul, people like John the Baptist, people like the, the Apostle John, who were giving and sharing visions of God, who were writing down uh, messages from God, as Paul did through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that I just don't think happens today. I think it's different. Although we're in the same church dispensation as the early church, we're in a season far different, 2,000 years later, where we don't share contemporary people who saw physically Jesus on this earth the way that these apostles and prophets did. And so we have to be careful in translating these terms or implementing these terms into our modern day ministry. And an apostle meaning messenger certainly could describe a pastor or a missionary or any minister today, or even ourselves as Christians, we're all called to be messengers of the gospel in the traditional sense. But I think we have to be careful when we start to apply them broadly, or at least in the biblical sense of what Paul intended, particularly with prophets. Now, you could argue that there are people who receive a message from the Lord or that he speaks through his word and allows for people to illuminate scripture by the work of his Holy Spirit in a unique way as a prophet, as a modern day prophet. But 
The problem is that term has been convoluted and used in a variety of contexts so that it dilutes what it truly means for us today. For instance, if you Google the word or the, the term modern day prophet, four out of nine of those first hits are going to be in relationship to somebody prophesying about Donald Trump. True story. You go on Google and you type in modern day prophet. The majority of those hits are going to be about people prophesying about Donald Trump. I just don't see the biblical credence. I don't see the the same implications to Paul's language here with modern day prophet. Anyway, I think what we do is take these other terms and say, how do they apply? How do they help us build a uh, helpful identity of church leadership and help us to see what God is intending through Paul's words? And so we move towards this word evangelist. In verse 11, uh, he said uh, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The evangelist term literally means preachers of the gospel. Very clear that was the case in Paul's time, and it is the case in our time, people who preach the gospel. Now, again, you could argue all Christians aren't all believers supposed to be evangelists. Aren't we all supposed to tell others about Jesus, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yes, of course. But there are some that are uniquely gifted with evangelizing others, people that have the the spiritual gift of distilling down the truth of the gospel in a compelling way for people to understand it, get their mind around it, and be called and uh, moved to response. People like Billy Graham, you could say. People like my grandfather, Russell O'Quinn, I've talked about him before, he's a fighter pilot, has this amazing testimony and coupled with his ability to clearly articulate the gospel, God has given him a gift of evangelizing, of sharing the gospel. And hundreds, if not thousands of people have responded to the gospel call as he shared his story. Not so much my gift. There's others that are gifted with evangelism. There's others that are gifted with sharing in a unique way their personal testimony in which God has moved and it compels others to follow Jesus. Some are given to be evangelists. At ABC, we are in the sheep business. You may have heard me use these terms before. The most basic function of the church, I believe, is to find sheep and to feed sheep. Find sheep, that's evangelism. That's going around and looking for people who are lost, who don't have the truth of God's word, who don't have the saving knowledge of salvation through Jesus Christ, and we find them and we invite them to come to our green pasture here at ABC. And then we're to feed sheep. We're to put fences around the pasture. We're we're to chase off wolves. We're to make sure that we're leading that flock of sheep to green pastures where they can be fed, where they can be nourished, where they know the direction to go. And so that's our call. Our goal at ABC is to feed and find sheep. And Paul goes right from evangelist to shepherd and teacher. And he uses that exact term that we're using to describe our role as a church, feeding and finding sheep, shepherding sheep. It's the role of a leader in a church. In fact, in seminary, they use this term under shepherd, which is kind of a churchy traditional term, but I love the sentiment. The sentiment is that Jesus Christ is the leader and shepherd of the church. And there are different seasons of people who come along to help provide leadership and direction under the leadership and authority of Jesus Christ under shepherds and teachers. Tom compared it last week to um, a ranch manager, if you were here for last weekend's message, that 
it's almost as if we're stewarding the resources that belong to God. That we're simply to work to make the church more beautiful. We're simply to manage the church well. We're simply to protect the, the, the land, so to speak, of the ranch. And yet we're never the owner. It, the church never belongs to us. It's Christ's church. It's God's church. And we're simply to steward it. He owns the church. My role, personally, in this season, I believe, is to shepherd and to teach. This is what God and our elders have called me to do, to prepare God's people for works of service, as Paul says, so that the body of Christ may be built up, that we would shepherd well, we'd find more sheep, we would build the the gates and the fences and chart the course and the direction, that we would provide food, nourishment, spiritual nourishment for those sheep that God has given to ABC. And he's called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. But then there's this really important word that comes up later in the passage that he's called all to be builders. There's a distinction here between church leadership and congregation, and I want to make that in just a minute. But he's called some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, and all to be builders. Listen to what it says in verse 15 of chapter 4. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ Jesus, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. There are some whom God has given the responsibility and the burden to be equippers, teachers, pastors, leaders, elders, but we are all, we are all, you are all collectively as the church called to be builders in the church, builders of God's kingdom here on earth, stewards of his church, his people, his family. And guess what? Uh, As you're prepared, as you're equipped, as you're qualified, as you're gifted, then you're called to go equip others, to be disciple makers, to share in the mission of building the church, to share in the goal of growing the church. For those of you who are parents, called to be disciple makers in your home, growers in your own home, preparing your children for works of service. Here's the mission for our church leadership, so clearly stated here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Prepare God's people for works of service. That is the mission. That is our calling as leaders. Prepare God's people for works of service. Here's the mission for you, the mission for everyone that attends our church, that becomes a part of our church. The mission for you is so that the body of Christ may be built up. Being equipped and building the body of Christ. I want to do something a little unconventional this morning. There's a a language shift in this passage that I think is really helpful as Paul recites this instruction to the church, he's, um, he's using description to describe who God has given to the church. And then he uses more of a first person, kind of a us and we language to describe what the role and the goal of the church is. And so what I want to do is I'm going to invite you to stand. And I want you to stand up with me in just a second. And 
And I'm going to put the passage of scripture on the screen. I'm going to read the first two verses. And then I want you to read the next three verses out loud with me. We're going to say it all together. And then I'm going to close with the final verse. And I want you to imagine, although you may be driving in your car, maybe you can't stand, that's okay. You might be at home in your living room. Uh, You might be um, watching this on a laptop at your desk. Uh, Stand if you can. And recognize as you stand and as you recite these words that you are reciting these words with the family of God that you have been given here at ABC. That we're all connected. That we're all part of this family. We're all on this team together. God has given us a mission to accomplish together. It's not the mission of, a, of an elder or a pastor or staff or, um, or any professionals. It's the mission of the church. And so I want you to find yourself... Um, being fueled by these words as part of this mission. So stand with me, and I want to read this passage together, and then you read when I get to verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Join me in reading. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. Those are good words. I hope you, you hear and see the richness of these commitment words to say that we're going to attain unity, that we're going to grow in the Son of God and Christ, that we're going to be equipped so we're not tossed to and fro, that we're going to speak the truth in love, that we're going to grow in every way. There's so much truth in that passage that I want us to grab onto as a church and say, yes, that is what I want for our church. That is how I want to proceed as a church. When each part is working properly, let me say this again, it makes the body, the church body, grow so that it builds itself up in love. You may have heard it said that the church is hospital. It's not a museum, it's a hospital, right? For, for sick and wounded and broken people. That's true. If that's true, that the church is a hospital, I want a Tascadero Bible Church to be a teaching hospital where we've got interns and fellows, and residents, and attending physicians, where we're all studying together, where we're learning how to grow the church together, where we're looking for our role and our part, and asking, how do I continue to heal? How do I continue to love? How do I work towards unity in the church? How can I build and grow the church as God continues to lead us forward? The reality is, is we're part of something far bigger than what's taking place right now in this point in time on our campus. God has been working in this family, in this uh, portion of his church, his family of God, for decades he's been working here. And he's going to continue to do the work. 
we're part of something far bigger than ourselves. And Jesus said, I will build my church. And I think we do well to respond as we read these words this morning, as we hear Paul's charge to the church, that when Jesus says, I will build my church, that we respond the way Paul does and says, yes, we will build your church. We will build your church. We will become a meaningful part of the mission of the church that God has for us as we move forward. It's the, it's the heart of our, our core values. And we've talked about this before in the past year. Our core values at ABC are becoming statements. Yes, we can be these things and we hope to be these things, but really we know we're not all there yet, so we're becoming these things. And so if you sign up to be a part of ABC, if you show up and you come on campus and you attend one of our services or you tune in online and you, you, you say, I'm in, I'm part of this church, this is what we're asking of you. We want you to become prayerful and spirit-led as we become prayerful and spirit-led. We want you to become committed to knowing and teaching God's word. We want you to become a disciple who makes disciples. We want you to become connected with other believers, to become generous in sacrificing for the good of others, to become a partner in the work and the mission of the church, to become globally focused on the Great Commission. That's our mission. That's our goal is that all people that come to ABC, everyone that calls this church their home would see themselves as part of the mission of the church, becoming a partner, being prepared for the works of service, as it says in Ephesians 4 for the building up of the body of Christ, being prepared for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. Join us in the mission as we continue to feed sheep, find sheep, as we continue to grow his church and grow and establish his kingdom here on earth until Jesus comes back. Let me pray. Father, I'm so grateful for the way that you have orchestrated this moment in time. God, we're here because you've been faithful to your church. We're here because you've led men and women, God, to make sacrifice for the good of your church and the good of others. God, we're here because there's been a commitment to God's word that will not waver in the future. God, we're here because your Holy Spirit has poured out on us, illuminated your word, given us direction and guidance to know how to live, to know how to respond, how to make decisions. God, we're here because there's a mission. There's work to be done. There's a lost community to be reached. There's a, a kingdom of God that's already here and yet not yet. So God, would you lead us into this mission, into this moment in time to become partners in the mission of the church as we move forward. In your precious name I pray. Amen.